0: The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Laddercanny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Yes, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio or back via the podcast. It's a Monday evening show and a bit of a tough Monday evening if you're a Donegal fan. Um, Not so much if you're a Derry fan, of course. A 24-year wait is over. Derry are Ulster champions and, uh, listen, deservedly so in my view. Huge support yesterday, really took over uh, Clonus and, and, and deserved their victory. Um, we're going to analyse the game and the fallout of the game, I suppose, from, from, from a Donegal perspective and, and what Derry did right, what we did wrong. Um, later on the show, I'm going to tease all that out with a reporter with the Donegal News, Frank Craig, and with former Derry County star, Jared O'Kane. I also have interviews with two legends of the game, uh, Rory Kavna and Paddy Bradley. But first, just before the throw-in, I caught up with a man who knows a a, a lot about Derry Donegal and there's a lot of history in in Derry Donegal fixtures and all-star finals and it was, of course, the former Donegal 92-1 All-Ireland captain, Anthony Malloy. Andy, we're in the back of the Jerry
1: Arthur stand. Big buzz, a lot of colour from uh, Derry. It's heating up. Yeah, look at you today to be here anyway, you know, a like, and uh, a lot, a lot of colours, as you said, and a lot of the red and white the other day, like, and uh, it brings me back in you know, thirty years ago, you know, and uh, we came here and probably came here sort of underdogs too, like, and uh, you know we got a result like, that uh, eventually, uh, you know, we ended up. up, up us one on the All Ireland, you know, and uh, but it's a great day to be here, like, and uh, as I often say, like, there's one of the biggest dates on the calendar.
0: Yeah, and maybe a launch pad for another All Ireland tilt, uh, Anthony. Anthony, just looking at the form coming in, it, you'd have to say Derry are the form team, don't think all of the experience, kind of mix it in for, for a 50 50, maybe KG affair.
1: I do, look, there's no doubt about that there, I suppose, but you know, uh, and saying that, like, you know, I don't think favours, I don't mean, think that stands for anything today, like, or maybe set upside there, like, as, you know, you played in finals, we all played in finals, like, and, uh, you know, a dog out the window, I think, and, and I just hope, but that, that uh, hope that we have learned, uh, you know, Derry are a formidable side and a good side, and they've two huge games what behind them. I don't think we have played to our full potential yet. Hopefully, we can do that today, and this is the day to do that. Yeah, and, and just a word, we could have five midfielders on the pitch today. We will have
0: technically. If Keely McGonagall plays six. You're, you're a great man round the midfield yourself. Is that an area of the pitch that that, that we can can expose Derry, make them kick long, and then my patterns kick out
1: if we, if we retain possession one and position that could be a vital part of the game. I think you know, uh, I think partners a huge role to play today. I think with what you're saying about our kickouts, like, and, and he can do that there. And we have big men round there that can one ball. Kieran Thompson, as you say, McGonagall, and you know, Langan, big lad, they're all bigger than that, you know, and I think we can win that. and important as you say, like and uh I think our experience the day won out. I know there's huge hype in Derry like and everything else, but I think our, our experience will definitely won out today for us, hopefully.
0: Hundred percent. And you enjoy the game. Yeah, always great to catch up with the legend. That is Anthony Malloy and listen, just like Anthony thought a lot of us thought the same that experience would be telling yesterday in Donegal's side, but it wasn't. Um it wasn't a B and I say Derry were were worthy winners and uh you know we're supposed to ref- Full of hope at that point, uh, pre-game and, and the buzz of, of Clonus, but certainly, as I say, it was Derry's day. Um, just after the match, I spoke to one of the greats of Derry football, a former county player, Paddy Bradley, I think it his views on Derry's victory. Paddy, we're just looking at the scenes here. It's uh, red and white, and there's players going off. A lot of excitement here. Big, big day for Derry County football.
2: Ah, oh, looks, Brenton, it's been far too long. Um, unbelievable scenes. There's been... I suppose a real enthusiasm about this game, about this, I suppose about this campaign this year. Um, the county's been on an upward trajectory the last few years. Club football's going really, really strong. Underage football in the county's going strong. Uh, the likes of Conor Glass coming home, for example. Gareth McKinless finally committing to the team. You know, everything's been going really, really well. Obviously going to OMAH. Beating Tyrone in their backyard give the team a real lift, and he sort of started to think, could this team possibly do it? They backed up against Monaghan, and then coming the day against the very, very experienced Donegal side, you feared that maybe experience would beat them. But look, you see an extra time there, and when, when I thought Donegal maybe would have the legs on them, and Donegal maybe would have the experience, maybe have the better bench, it was Derry for me that really pushed on. Terry starting the game really well, you
0: know, they they, they were uh, one three, they are point up, and it seemed like the same game plan as previous. They were going to pull Donegal in that counter attacking system, but. And Donegal come back come back into the match and, three and a half time the perfect start the second half the goal and then in that second in that second half Donegal going a couple of points ahead and at that point Barry, look, at like Donegal would kick on and won the game Derry's medal was challenged but they came back and answered in spades and, and
2: really deserved to win the match I look at half-time I felt Britain that Derry would be far and away the better side. I thought they should be more than three points up. You always worry, you know, whenever you're on topic of that, that you, you, know, you, you don't punish the team and you don't get enough scores. But then they were hit with the sucker punch, as you say, of you know, Donegal getting the goal at the start of the second half. But look... Donegal went was at 1-12 to 1-10, up to maybe 6-7 minutes to go. At that stage, you're thinking to yourself, Donegal are not going to lose this league. They're experienced, they've got big game players, they know how to hold possession. But fair play to Derry, they, you know, they pushed on and got the two scores. They actually, with Conrad Glass, probably should have kicked the one score in normal time. I questioned them myself, and a lot of Derry people have questioned Derry's bench. They're very, very young. Um, Rory you know, himself would admit, probably, that he hasn't used a lot of players over the course of the league he tends to stick to the same 17, 18 players and you're worrying do we have the strength and if it it, it does go the distance to actually make changes to go and win a game and look he re-entered just the likes of Niall Tuner who's got pace Benny Hearn who's got know-how but I thought really in the last an extra time the big players really stood up like I thought Conor Glass obviously kicked what probably was the one in the score Shane McGuigan kicked a free before it and then was back in his own six yard box you know clearing uh, and blocking the ball I thought Britton Rogers was immense throughout the game like he was really taking the fight to Donegal I thought Donegal must have tricked not putting Murphy in the edge of square for a sustained period of time and putting Britton Rogers in the back foot like he was there his main driving force Chris McCaig, brilliant performance again. Totally marked Patty McCaig out of the game. So I thought, really, Derry's big players really stood up whenever they were needed. Uh, look, Donegal, you know, experience and everything else. Just a lot but of players. Down,
0: maybe the experience though doesn't count as much because the players you just mentioned there are vastly experienced, particularly like Sir so Rogers and McCaig. And uh, at this point, even Glass has, has, has been around in terms of what he's seen from sport. You know, McGuigan inside, absolute quality. But really, Derry stuck to their system and that kind of takes out the experience. And if any of those players stood up, Against the Donegal uh, experience on the day, it didn't count for
2: anything. Today, look to me, Breton. it this week and a number of occasions, a number of different interviews done. It was experiences versus hunger. And Derry had abundance, hunger and abundance. Um, and Donegal had know-how and the methodical, and they know what they're about, and they have their big go-to players and all the rest. But Derry just had that hunger and drive, like. The, 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 the pace in the Derry attacks, you know, the, the ability or, or, or the want or the, the desire to drive it, man, and to try and buy freeze and go at you and go at you and go at you, and even whenever you maybe cough up a ball and uh, you know you maybe turned over, they still go at you again. The likes of Ethan Doherty and Niall Turner and these boys, you know, they never they were relentless, you know, and I say they kept knocking at the door, kept knocking at the door, and saying the last ten, fifteen minutes, I thought Derry were the fitter, fresher side. Like everybody knows round Derry, and I, like, I've seen it myself first hand because I've been on big about Rory Gallagher's training sessions, you know three, four sessions. A key emphasis on fitness yes. and I thought in the last five, ten minutes that fitness really told. I thought Donegal don't get me wrong, both sides had a lot of men down the cramp. But Donegal had a lot more men who were out their feet than dairy, I say, the likes of the Britain Rogers and the likes of Ethan Doherty and whatnot were going and going Conor Doherty again and again and again. You know, they were relentless on the day.
0: And finally just finally, you know, they De- De- couldn't think about anything but an Ulster this year. You know they had to beat own all Ireland champions, Division One team in Monaghan, and Division One team then in Donegal. Surely a team. I don't fear anybody. I mean.
2: <laughs> you see, hey, you can't say we won a handy Ulster title, like, you know? <laughs> like going to going to going to and beating all Ireland champions. I actually thought they were capable of it. I suppose what happened to us obviously after beating all uh, uh, throwing them there in the back door in 2005. But did I feel that they were good enough to back it up with maybe beating another Division One team in Monaghan and beating another Division One team in, in uh, Donegal? I probably thought they were a year or two off that. I Probably thought the likes of your Lachlan Murrays and your Matthew Downies it would take a year or two for them boys to be integrated fully into the you know into the panel into the team before we were at that level. But look, they've sh- surpassed all expectations and they thoroughly deserved it. Like, they three Division One teams. Like Ulster, as we know, is the hardest championship to win, and they have really done it the hard way. And fair play to them. Like, oh, hey, look, serious pride and them boys, and you know, it just shows you what hard work can do, and everybody moving in the right direction. Like you know yourself. There's been a lot said about Derry in the years gone by, about not total buy-in, about club rivalry, and rows with county boards and management teams and whatnot. In the last couple of years, everybody has rolling in the right direction. The players are really buying in. The best players, the likes of Gareth McKillis, for example, coupled with the likes of Conor Glass, coming back, coming back from, uh, obviously, Australia. That. And look, Derry are really on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Will
0: you enjoy your night, though, Paddy? Well deserved. No more. Thank you, Brent. Yeah, that was a happy Paddy Bradley after Derry's victory there. Twenty four years in the in the in the making and in the waiting for the Derry crowd, so they enjoyed that last night. I would say now, like most of us, um, like most of you listening, if you were in Clonish yesterday, um, it is some nightmare of a place to get in and out of, particularly in a packed packed Clonish final. But I eventually, got home late and um, kindly Rory Kavanagh came up to meet me last night, and I got his views and what he made of Donegal's all final defeat. Well, Rory, uh, Donegal, man, up today. We were up in hope of winning another all title, but we come up short against the Derryman. What's your feeling after that?
3: Hi Brendan just came up short in the end um, just one of those games even from the start it just felt like Donegal weren't quite at it like you know you just got that feeling and I suppose we talked beforehand about you know not letting Derry get a good start and you know they got the goal early on and, and Donegal were always trying to struggle and trying to get back on level terms and I, I suppose the second quarter of the first half we we did quite well and we came back into it and managed to close the gap down to a goal at half time and um, second half I suppose, you know, just just getting there with a good start and things like that and getting a goal and, and, and getting real momentum but just to me, you know we, we just were, weren't quite at it just all day long, you know um, we knew the sort of game it was going to be very, very cagey, both teams defend the numbers but I think Derry just were probably that bit hungrier and fresher than us, and uh, it, it, we seem to just struggle to break down them when they're in defensive shape, um, and 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 really hurt them. And uh, ultimately, look, it went to extra time and things like that. But um, I, I think Derry were probably the better team on the day.
0: Yeah, gee, you just got a feeling in the game, right, that it was going to go Derry's way. I'd say at that point of the match when we went to two points up I thought then people were talking about all experience in the game and, and Derry, but Derry not having the experience but Derry came back at us again uh, a couple of, they, they pushed up on our kick out squeezed up we gave away a couple of bad frees so we, the fact that we lost the game now even though it went, to, it went to extra time there were so many points of play in there that was poor from our side that we could have controlled in so many ways we could have played better in the game and I suppose it's trying to get that balance now of trying to understand it because we could have snatched the game even later on there and we maybe wouldn't have been thinking might be played okay but we won the match but now we didn't there was a lot of play in there uh, we particularly been stripped in the tackle and our ability to break them down that just wasn't happening even though the game was tight they seemed to be much better at this counter attack game that, that that we were so famous for
3: Yeah look I think you know nailing the head there like both teams were Spent most of the game in shape and defensive shape, and and uh, I think Derry were just were just better than than us on the day. Like even when we were in defensive shape, we just had no intensity. I felt Derry were getting through at us and kicking scores. Um, whereas on the opposite side, like you know, when we were tasked with breaking Derry down, we just couldn't we couldn't seem to do it. We were going in and getting stripped. Um, and you know, the their their matchups you would have to say, you know, were really spot on. Like we, we said McKig would pick up McBerty, he had a really good game. Um I thought Rogers was probably Derry's best player on the day, you know, he was he was exceptional on, on Murphy. Um and yeah, look, they they, they they did, I think, big uh, Padraig McGrogan had an excellent game and Michael Langan too. So you'd have to say that Derry got their matchups right and nullified our big, big players. And uh, as a result of that, we just couldn't really get going. So, um, look, fair play, fair play to them. We knew it was going to be a battle. There wouldn't be much in it. Um, but they just to him out on the right side and then
0: well you mentioned Langan there um, you know we know the talent that he has right didn't get into the game Jamie Brennan particularly after his game against Cavan you know when you think about some of the performances on the pitch I know Michael did had two very good points in the pitch Michael, uh, Michael Murphy but we, we probably didn't see the best of them. and again you know, Ryan McHugh and, and so many of our players didn't seem to, to really catch fire on the day compared with, with what we know was in them. You know, I felt as well when our subs came on, um, you know, Niall O'Donnell and, and Connor O'Donnell, that it was up to them to really run at the defence. You know, I know we aren't going to point when he came on. It was a great ball from Ryan McHugh in but, but all in all, we didn't see enough sparkle from, from our team. And really, Pater Morgan in the first half, I thought in particular, took the game to, to Derry. And Owen Ban, I thought in the second the, the incisive runs but you know all in all, right? They're just was very below power performances from our players or was that Derry?
3: I, uh, look you have to give credit to Derry in terms of you know they, they did get most of their matchups on, on our big men right and, and took a lot of our big men sort of kept them quiet for large parts of the game um, you did mention Mogan Mogan was exceptional in the first half the, the, the one Donegal player I suppose who was taking the game to Derry and able to go through holes and um, kicked a few good scores. Uh, Sean O'Donnell started brightly as well. I thought actually Oren McFadden Ferry was a, a driving force for for Donegal for large parts of the game as well. Um, and and you mentioned Owen Ban, uh, you know, taking the game to them. But I definitely I think we lost a bit of momentum when you had the likes of, you know, and I think Oren McFadden Ferry picked up a yellow. Maybe that was the reason he was taken off. Um, yeah, Jason McGee seemed to pick up a knock, had to go off. Mogan the same. Um, not sure, quite sure what happened, but yeah, the the impact then from the bench. Uh, yeah, it upset our rhythm definitely. You know, you you could see we just didn't have that same um, bite from the bench uh, as as we did in the semi final because you know you had Keelan McGonagall coming on and you had Connor Donald all doing really really well against Kevin, but we just didn't get that. Um, Real injection off the off the bench, but I think the crucial period, Brendan. You you nailed it. You said it, you know when we went one twelve to one ten ahead, that was the time to sort of just kill the game and take the sting out, and instead of that we we allow them two real soft scores, you know, one I think we were turned over from a kick out a short kick out, that's right and uh, the second one again they got through too easy and we we give away a foul and that's them straight back on level terms again, so look, we we ask questions at area, had they got that self-belief had they got the, you know real, real self-belief when it counted and they come up with answers, you have to give it to them, like because when Donegal got the lead like we were behind for most, most of the game, we got that two-point lead. They came back, they showed serious character. You
0: know, just what you are saying, those two frees in particular, which was pivotal in the game that brought them back in, they weren't giving them to the us. It wasn't happening down the other end of the pitch. I think that was a big thing. They seemed to have that bit more ability and focus in the tackle. I mean, you think how tight the game was. You know, and it still came down to, down to the wire that they had, they had that extra bit of composure. It was there from us, but it's funny, you're looking at Donegal and I'm trying just to to, to get a grip on the game. You know, there were so many p- poor parts of playing it, yet we almost won the match. Now, Roy, you obviously, um, you've seen both sides of their final ones and defeats. How do Donegal pick themselves up from this? To, to, to go back in and, and, and uh, play championship and go on to a qualifier?
3: Uh, look, uh, obviously they're, they're going to be absolutely good at it um, because, you know, Ulster finals are, are huge, you know, and uh, particularly just the way the game went, going to extra time and things. Um a lot of, a lot of maybe injuries that they picked up. So, look, they just have to regroup now, Bryn, Um you know, see what the 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 qualifier draw throws at them, and and see where it takes them. But it's it's not an easy place. Definitely not. It's not an easy place.
0: I just I just caught a wee bit of social media. You know what Clowness is like for reception? I had tickets for people that couldn't get them. Oh my God. And the, the internet was down as well. And I managed to get messages out, but of course the people at the other end couldn't <laughs> get me. I got stung for a few tickets today. <laughs> it, it's cost me a bit today. No, but anyway, we lost the match, which is even worse again. But but, but all in all, it, just with, with Donegal now and, and the next stage, I suppose the, the Ulster final itself, the stage that it was... The, the eyes of the the the, the country it was on us, particularly after two terrible monster Leinster finals. You know, we haven't got a chance to watch uh, the conduct final yet. But, you know, is it something we just got to get used to in Ulster? You know, I, I expected what happened today. You did as well. You know, I know from talking to you and we were speaking before the game and that we're expecting this type of game. But I see the scathing comments coming in and that. And I'm not giving Donegal a pass on it. I think we could have been better. But really, Derry, we going to set up very ultra defensive. We, you as a coach, Roy, you know what you had to do. If you were facing a team like Derry, you know you have to mirror it. So, you know, I'm just wondering, is a spectacle? We kind of thought football moved on a bit. But when it comes down to getting Oster, you know, you have to play like that. There are other ways The counter-attacking team, particularly when they're talented like Derry, are going to do you. So are you worried at all about where football's at in terms of what you've seen today or is that just what we have to get used
3: to? I look, uh, there's certainly a part of it you could, it was, it was, it was quite surreal uh, for the first seven or eight minutes there in Clonus the day there there wasn't (laughs) there wasn't any atmosphere in the ground (laughs) because it was just this game of cat and mouse Mm. Um, and it is it it takes a bit of the I suppose the the spectacle away for for the neutral definitely when when it's so cat and mouse like that and both teams are defending on mass but you know there's still you know opportunities to kick the ball there's even when Derry are in defensive shape I was looking at there still is opportunities to kick the ball and play passes between the lines and and be really positive like it's just a matter of how you approach it so you know um, we could have been we could have been better I suppose in, in, in many of those aspects of her play but just to me we were off it defensively too even though we were back and we were in numbers Brendan, Um, we just didn't get any we didn't get any uh, you know turnovers or defensive intensity was poor like I thought so look you, you ask me I'm worried about the spectacle you know that's 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 par for the course up in Ulster. You know, mm. we had to get through Ulster in 2012, and we did, and we managed then to play a far more expansive game once you get into Crow Park, and mm. you know. But um, look,
0: listen, I guess it, it was it competitive. You know, mm. I have kind of made peace with it. You know what my views is on, on such football. Me and you have talked about this many times the time, but you know, 2016 almost took the life out of me in terms of football. Tyrone and Donegal, that Ulster final, that both teams really went under a shell. I mean, it wasn't a bad as that today. But really it's as you said, Donegal would have changed style. now you can out now to no, think there you are stuck. In what they're doing because they're on the way up, should they evolve? We we don't know, but you're right. Donegal would have played a different game, playing a different team. For me, so really, it it is what it is, and and I, I don't think anybody in Derry tonight no, cares be, less about that.
3: Will not be no. Listen, it was all about getting over the line, like you know what I mean. They haven't been in Ulster finals uh, since 2011, so like uh, it's huge for them. You could see what it means, and uh, you know they have good players. You know they have good players. Don't you know the you plenty of um, talent in that team, um, when when you see the the, the spine of their team, McKeg and Rogers, McKinless, you know, um, Connor Glass and and, and Shane McWiggin, all these boys, Ethan Doherty, they're, they're damn good players. Like so, they'll they'll go down now and, and whoever they meet, they'll be formidable opposition. And and uh, you know, they've experienced one and now with their club. Now they've experienced with the, with the, with their county. So they'll they'll take a lot of stopping. Brent
0: yeah, great catching up with Roy Cavanagh there. Now we turn our attention to the nitty gritty, the tactics. Of the game, and we have former dairy star Jared O'Keehan and Donegal news reporter Frank Craig. Lads, how are you today? Well, I've a better uh, Monday, sprint. Better Mondays, Frank <laughs> and Jared. Ger- happy, Jared. Just swinging to you first. Uh, could you just describe the county last night? But uh, uh, we, we seen the scenes, and, and myself and Paddy was talking just after the game there, and 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 how excited he was. I suppose worried then, <laughs> more more than Frank. There, uh, form not great last night, but. Just after the game uh, yesterday, uh, Jared, the excitement coming home and, and the buzz about Derry last night?
4: Look, for us, it's just amazing. You know? It's not until it happens in your county that you see the effect it has on everyone. So I'm not sure. That was your 10th final in 12 years and you've won roughly five of them. If Derry was to do that every year, obviously it wasn't the same height. But I know from my own point of view, like I had a wee lad there at 10 and he came home last night and said that that was the best day he's ever had except going to holidays to stay him. So that's where, that's where he's pitching that at. And I know myself the last time day when I was 14 and I'm thinking back to my youth and I say we had ran a bus from the club and we took about 20 young ones on it and the atmosphere in the bus that was there made the atmosphere and it's not until you see it happen in your own county you see the effect that it has on everyone and I'm talking from that age and then I met a lot of older dairy generation which you would call stalwarts and they were just it was more emotional for them I think than it was the young ones but all in all, it was just an amazing
0: day for us. Yeah, and well, 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 well deserved. Jared, Frank, Jared um, it's the sun there going on holidays. Would you need a holiday after that game? Did Did the match remind you maybe a queueing up in security at times? It was that uh, tense and tight and, and negative.
5: Yeah, but listen, I think we expected that there, and I haven't watched it back yet. I just haven't had the time. But there and then, and being present, I mean, it was absorbing. You know, for different reasons, but. You know, as I said, 4 worn was 4 iron. We kind of knew what Derry were coming with. It as was Rory Kavanaugh on your own roadshow last week that kind of made a very valid point that maybe not just him, but maybe supporters just didn't fully trust this Donegal team yet. And, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I can I can relate to that there. I mean, Derry's cover was blown, Brenton. You know, we'd seen what they'd done against uh, Tyrone and against Mon and, and I just felt Donegal had the more scope maybe to bring something different into yesterday's game but maybe the accident we all feared in the back of our minds was waiting to happen you know it came to collect yesterday
0: yeah yeah certainly and, and just just a word on Derry and, and people were saying about they somehow caught their own you know Monaghan would be ready for it they disposed of Monaghan yesterday's game was very different in terms of, of how it panned out you know again of course it started as we thought uh, Derry would have wanted it going six one up, but then you know Donegal came back. There was a, there was a seven point swing, so a lot of questions was asked about Derry. They they, they answered them. Were, were you, I suppose, no more than Frank and myself. I always thought it was going to be tight, and tense We've kind of got used to that type of play in Ulster, but certainly what we seen at Derry was no matter what was going to happen yesterday, they were going to win the match.
4: Yeah, I would say Derry were five points up at two different stages, and at that time I thought we'd see the game out. And as you say. 10 minutes into the second half, then Donegal was two up. They had a they had five-point score versus the, the second half. With 10 minutes to go, I was sitting beside you and Donegal went two up and I said that was game over because I didn't see their score in three in 10 minutes. You know, to win the game, they they eventually get two right in the trot. They get two points within two minutes and then two points back to back. I think giving them, them a bigger lift going into the closing stretch and I think, once I got an extra time and they uh, looked at like the team that was going to want it out. But I was surprised now at how Donegal sort of played under Darius' hands in the tactical aspect. I haven't seen them play against Turin and uh, play against Mom.
0: Yeah. And Frank, just on those couple of scores, I mean, I know there's so many aspects of the game you can go and look at and now it'd be last the match. You have to look at things that, that Donegal didn't do right. And those two fouls the first one McGee it was a potential black card very clumsy tackle the next one was that was a kick out of Patton to McMenamin and again I thought that was a black card again clumsy tackle was it was talking about Donegal's experience but we just at times looked a bit disjointed in the game you know they looked much more together and, and their game plan seemed to be very rigid whereas we seemed to play in fits and starts and were you surprised at that point, Frank, that w- with us a couple of points up, those, those scores that we gave away, them very poor scores?
5: I think, you know, I think Tyrone and Monaghan probably didn't show Derry enough respect. And that, you know, that was their downfall. I think our downfall, yes, it was that we showed them far too much respect. We didn't press up on Oren Lynch's kickouts. And I thought, you know, he was there to be got at. Uh, yesterday, but I think the two or three times we did, he wobbled, you know, we kicked one straight at Michael Murphy, put one out over the the end line, I think a stare Achilles heels, but we didn't go after it and even that, you know, Sean Patton short kick out on 65 minutes with five minutes to go and still with maybe, you know, whatever injury time added on, I think it was you and Colin Parkinson sometimes debated about just go long, part of the 70 yards, you know, down the field, if you get turned over on a short kick out, it's not just a point; it's for Grass, but it could have been a goal. And like, it was disappointing to see that, that that was the point that forced the game to extra time. Um, as you say, like I mean, our, we had enough to go on in terms of highlights, and you know, being there in the flesh, watching the Monaghan game, I think our matchups, you know, our Derry's matchups, they got them so spot on. Um Michael Langan, who's such a big key player for us, I think he you know, he's been hindered this this season in terms of an injury, but Park McGrogan, you know, kept a close tab with him. Um Chris McCabe, you know, Patrick McBertie again, he won that duel. It was the Brenton Rogers one and Michael Murphy one. now I'm no expert, but Brenton Rogers likes to put people on, on a back foot and the fact that we played Michael out around the middle, it just allowed Rogers to, to mount those attacks. From such a dangerous, you know, launch pad of Michael had to be placed on top. And now comes with a caveat. I think Michael it looked at like Michael carrying knock into that game. You see, he just wasn't mobile, but that left him exposed around the middle. And Rogers didn't just kick two, three points. He set up two as well, set up one for Connor Glass. And, and that was the one in the game. Sometimes when you have two sort of templates like that, when the other side block books, it's own defensive third, when the other side has the ball, you know, a lot of your, your, I suppose your setup or your defensive, you know, sit back cover stuff but when you have four or five maybe marking jobs the best way to make yards then is carrying the ball and when maybe rogers had those legs on michael you no know, he punched a lot of holes in the sprint. and the longer the game went on the longer maybe that wasn't addressed i just thought like what are we doing here if this is obvious to some of the people in uh, the stand what was happening in the game i just wish it had been a wee bit maybe more obvious maybe to, to our management because I think it really, really hurt us. And I don't like criticism, criticising, you know, a lot of people are criticising already, but you have to call it as you see it, Brenton. That's how I've seen it
0: yesterday. today. Listen, I agree, Frank. I don't agree that you're not an expert, though. If you're not an expert, I don't know who is. But uh, yeah, just, just on that um, that two points up at that point you, you mentioned, if Derry were two points up at that stage, I don't think Donegal would have scored two points on them. And Everyone was talking about the Donegal experience, but it didn't seem to count for anything yesterday because systems took over, Derry's commitment to what they were doing took over, and then you'd, you'd obviously a very bad wide from Cassidy. And then from Glass, in normal time, they actually won it. So, Donegal, in many ways, were, were from a two point position, were lucky to get in to add a time. Um, Jared and Donegal unloading some of the banks that they did then, there was some decent forwards coming in, you know, uh, Connor O'Donnell, Niall O'Donnell, um, uh, we are in the net come in. I thought. Their job was to come on and run at the Derry team, but that didn't seem to happen in any you know uh, Aaron got a, got a score from a mark and was a great score, but that was the only small bit of play, that and Thompson's a brilliant long-range point. But Derry kind of wound at a time. Um, Jared, does that go back to all this training we, ha- we heard about has come to the fore in terms of what Derry still had in the legs? Because they did reintroduce some of their players that, that had gone off, they come back on, so... There, 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 Roy mustn't have that much face in, in his complete squad, but certainly in the in his fifteen to eighteen, he he had enough to win that match.
4: Yeah, well, you know, two up at that time. Whenever, Remember day get the two points back, I think the momentum was awesome. And I agree with, with what Frank said. Like I have been the coaching a bit now, and <clears throat> worst case scenario, you had a kick out long at seventy yards from your own goal, and you still have ten men between the ball and your nets. Giving a short kick out at that time puts you under serious pressure. I think that's sort where of they give Jay a bit of momentum. As you say, they still a to kick too wide after it. And maybe saw him somewhere with the mindset with the squad there. Maybe saw him somewhere the template that Rory had in Donegal with Jim McGinnis. And I remember at that time, Donegal only used 17, 18 men. They brought on Martin McGuinney at a certain time in the game for Ryan Bradley at games and they brought on maybe another player. Yeah, yes, they brought back off, they brought back on Niall Loughlin after taking him off and they brought back on Benny Herne. Now, if you're number 19 the 26th in the squad, obviously you're waking up today with an Oscar medal and it's just unbelievable for them. But it maybe shows that Rory is just a certain core of players who he knows, he can trust and he can go back to and like bring on Benny Heron at that time, Ben has 10 years experience behind him and I think he brought more at that time extra time to try and settle the game, to try and see it out and the same with Niall and i was surprised Niall came off and he did because he's a rightful free taker as well. But Rory, Rory, we obviously made the call at the time, but bringing them back on then, maybe did show that he's maybe not entirely comfortable with the full squad, but in terms of the momentum at that time, Derry had all the momentum, I thought, and it's hard to say, and a game that got so tense and so close, whether fitness won out, but definitely wherever Donegal brought on their guys, they were all runners, but they didn't use them runners in the same way that Derry did, and I think it would be cost them the end up, and come back to your point there about Rodgers, like I have a watch a lot of club football in there Rogers doesn't score regularly for his club you know it's not that to say he's a he's a defender in the mould that Anthony Thompson would have been for Donegal scoring not two not three a game Rogers rarely scores for his club side so he score three for his county in an Ulster final it's just something like there's no way that you could have predicted that but with, from the advantage point we had in the halfway line Murphy was nearly Donegal's deepest lying player a lot which meant that Rogers was starting most of his runs around the fifty five yard line. Whereas, I'm not sure if you remember Trump beating Derry in 2019 down in Oma. she and Sheehan give Rogers a really tough time. And I mean, whenever I say he played on the edge of the square, Sheehan literally played on the six-yard box. And there was pepper peppering him with balls right and left. And as a full-back, you rarely see Rogers catch a ball high. It's just something he doesn't have in his armoury. And I think that's something Donegal didn't even try to expose. It remained not work.
0: Yeah, yeah, we would be touching on Frank and we have to, you know, you, you look at it, I don't know if we're doing Derry a disservice around how a lot of our players played. You know, obviously Mogan was brilliant in the first half in particular. I thought own ban, he's had a phenomenal season. So he was one player who was getting incisive runs in behind him. You know, bit from McFadden Ferry, you know, McCall was trying hard. But really, Frank, you know, so many of our players, you know, you think how brilliant the likes of Langan could be. Jamie Brennan in the last game, you know, McBerty, is it? Is it? You know, you mentioned Prossy Murphy having a knock. He didn't seem to be moving that well, all right. But is is that doing a Derry a, a disservice today? Was it was it them that took these guys out of the game rather than those not having their their best performances?
5: Listen, it's a bit of both. You best they had plans. I mean, both management teams went into the game at the weekend, you know, with a certain idea and maybe Plan B and Plan C. But Pater Moga made a serious impact, and on 33 minutes with three points under the belt, Rory Gallagher makes a change. And Potter's impact is is limited then between then and the rest of the game. I I mean it's a bad bug of mine, but just I mean, talk about Chrissy McKeg and Patter but I know where Stevie Wonder knows where Parliament Party is going to be when uh Derry he, he holds a high line. Why not allow Patrick to come out? You know, allow Michael Langan to drift in. Just mix it up a bit. Allow, it just stretches the opposition. It asks different questions. It brings a wee bit of chaos to the things. I mean, you know, the, the likes of Connor no, McCluskey, he knew where Jamie Brennan was going to operate. It's very predictable from Donegal. And when it's predictable like that there, it's it's easier to get a handle on. You just need to offer a wee bit of different, you know, something different, as we say, mix it up a wee bit. Michael didn't didn't lie deep once, which I thought, you know, was very strange because we all. We always at least get one or two or three balls off him when he goes in, but he, he, he didn't take up a you, you know a full forward position as such yesterday. And yeah, Bretton Rogers had number three in his back. But in the end of it, like you say, Rogers ended up playing around midfield with Michael because Michael even played behind our midfield a lot of the times as well and just if he were turned over or if of play was broken up, it just left us very vulnerable. I just think we're we're a bit predictable and I don't but like Frank, criticising it.
0: All right, but do you think we played with fear because of Derry's tactics? You know, it was that- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Look, Brent,
5: we, we we had possession the last five minutes and we were too any inhibited and scared to go and win the game. We were too scared to lose the game. And if you're too scared to lose a game, you're not gonna win a game either, Brent.
0: Yeah.
5: If you wanted to take the game to extra time, which I it was just there were sixty five minutes plus entry time to go and it was it's was just really disheartening, you know.
0: Yeah, and listen, you touched on it there uh, as well, Jared, about about putting the ball in and, and about Rogers could be under pressure against a big man. You know, and outside of that Donegal would have had a height advantage. But, you know, as I say, I was sitting covering the game with you, Jared. It was I think it was twenty-one minutes before Donegal kicked the ball in to Keelan McGonagall. Um Keenan definitely looked about Rusty as well yesterday and and he could have caught a ball. He tried to flick it down. Uh, I suppose from a dairy perspective and this is very telling I mean I suppose you were delighted that we didn't change it up and put those high balls on, which which had conjured up the two goals against Cavan in the previous game and won the game and I thought Cavan showed us how to interchange and I thought we would have learned from that but we just didn't seem to want to do it yesterday it was keep ball keep ball keep ball and I suppose from a dairy perspective once you see Donegal hand passing over and back to 45 and you've got your full team and you're quite happy at that point to, to see us try and work a space because unless something, unless there is real magic there or someone slips inside, there's going to be a turnover and a, and a break into the space.
4: Yeah, well, Frank said there the word chaos. Like, I don't think Donegal tried to cause chaos inside the very 20-yard line. And that time McGonigal went into the full forward line, he just sort of ghosted in and, and there was no one with him and he was headed back to goal six-yard like box and tried to flick a ball in behind the keeper. He could, have, he could have caught it and took a mark. He could have caught it or took a score, no problem. And I think that's something that you know, as a defender, you know, all my job is to do is to stop the man won the ball. So a ball coming like that, a defender usually won't won outright, they'll break it and even the break ball then causes chaos somewhere. I, I think that's something that Donegal negated to do and as a result they were playing very safe and it was going over and back and over and back and they're looking to try and punch holes, but Barr Bar and Mogan, I don't think they had the same sort of runners that Derry had to punch the holes. You know, as you say Langan sort of didn't get in the straight yesterday then. Langan's a player I have a lot of time for. I think he's tall, athletic, he's rangy, he can score with two feet. Somebody like him wasn't punching holes, you know, and whenever that changed me in the 33rd minute, that sort of took Mogan out of the game as well. I think Donegal went all the conservative after that.
0: Yeah, and Frank, just, you know, there there didn't seem a lot of cohesion from us in games and we see this a lot with Donegal, you know, there'll be a spark of brilliance from a player and we've mentioned a few of them and it kind of seems to get us a result or get us across the line or, you know, somebody conjures up one. There, There seemed a wee bit of lack of cohesion there between the between the team a bit disjointed at times and then you'd see a bit of a bit of decent play. Like they look much more together as a team. And as we chased that game, Frank, you know, it's just looking at small points, you know, Hughie with that shot with the left foot. Yeah. Listen, you know, you, it's also the final, it's 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 you're a point down. You know, we have to work in the what you call a scoring zone and get somebody on the ball that's gonna you know, maybe ninety percent put the ball over the bar. Are you mm-hmm. surprised at that with a man of his experience? And listen, I'm not. I'm just highlighting that it was so vital at that point. We work a score, and then just after it, McBerty had it on his strong foot. I think the ball landed maybe 10 yards out from goals, and they were two attempts, trying think, that would have brought us level. and, and Who knows what would have happened then?
5: i listen, I suppose, when the pressure turns on you as well. It's something I've, I've often always thought that QE should be having more efforts at goal. He's, he seems to be reluctant in a Donegal jersey, but you see him for Kelly Beggs. He's a, he's very competent at taking points from distance and from angles. But I suppose it was on his left. And maybe the fear is that nobody's taking on responsibility and somebody has to step up to the plate. And ultimately, then the wrong decision is made. But it's probably a clumsy point. I was trying to make with Paddy But if you want, if somebody knows where you're going to be all the time. It is disjointed, Brenton, because the opposition is such a handle. i don't know what I want to hold a high line. It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be Patrick. Let Patrick drop behind midfield and get on a given goal. Somebody can stand in the way of Chrissy McCaig, then, and it just gives Paddy that four or five yards to get away, and then he's gone. It was just a little bit too predictable that, you know, a lot of our players were where we expected them to be. I Jason McGee had a brilliant game. He's had a brilliant season. You know, unless he carried an injury into the game, too, a lot of people were saying, Kieran Thompson needed a big game at the weekend, but not many were saying Kieran Thompson needed to be dropped. A lot of us thought maybe Shane O'Donnell might be the, the lad to make way if we were going to be a wee bit cautious, you know, bring Oren McFadden-Ferry back into the side, Keelan McGonagall start. But, uh, you know, Kieran came on then, and I suppose showed what we all know we can do from distance, But and, and Shane was one of our better players as well. I just think he again I'm repeating myself here but you need to mix it up a wee bit you need to stretch the opposition and I just think we played the game on Derry's hands by being too cautious you know throughout
0: Yeah I just think like that you know, you look at different players and just mean with with you at that one there's a, a ball that needs to go to the likes of Thompson I mean you've seen the point that he hit Yeah. No, yeah. you got to play to your strengths and that looked like Derry were very focused on getting the balls to the right men at the right time and and um, as I say at times I thought we were cling- clinging on to them. It was amazing that we did go that, that couple of points up. But it, Jared, you know, obviously the focus this year was was to try and get on the Division One. It didn't happen. And that Galway game where you lost so heavily at home really threw a span. Everybody started to think, Well, where is this dairy team going after such a heavy defeat? But really sometimes if you're going to get beat, you're better off getting get shifting a heavy one. You reset, refocus, training gets upped. So in many ways, that Galway game was a launchpad for Derry. They find out things about themselves in the league, and particularly on their kick-out, which was hammered that day. But now, going into Ulster, you know, phenomenal, obviously beating three Division I teams. I mean, I mean the whole story of this is, has been amazing. But what's what's next now for, for Derry? Um, you know, I talked briefly to people this morning. We've seen that tactic now go to go to big games, particularly in Crow Park against the better teams. Uh, Jared, will that type of system... We've seen it been exposed by better teams in Crow Park. Do Derry need to evolve or is this just how they're going to play and they're going to sit down and try and, and try and uh, uh, use this method, which we've seen, as I say, not work uh, for teams at Crow Park?
4: Yeah, well, Derry's next game I think is four weeks. It's the weekend on 25th June. I don't know that Derry might change that much in that time. You know, they'll probably say, look, what's worked for us so far? We've kicked 119, we kicked... Uh, with a two twelve or two thirteen, and they they've kicked one sixteen after extra time, so they'll sort of be happy with that score in return. But as you say, once you get to Croke park teams, teams might stretch you. But but then they'll say, look, we've played three division one teams already. The only other division one teams left that they could play Mayo or Monaghan is going to be out again because they're playing each other, and if Turlough or Ma's is going to be playing each other, so they're going to be gone. So you're looking at a Dublin or a Kerry as as only other two teams left really in division one. Derry didn't get out of Division 2, I think they were the first teams since 1993 that didn't get promoted with 11 points in the league. So when you look back at the gap, the Donegal, uh, sorry, the Galway game maybe was a turning point for them, but I know in the aftermath of that that after they didn't beat Roscommon either, Derry played Meath in the last league game, and it was in many ways a sort of dead rubber because the scoreline was coming through from Roscommon game. But Derry went for an overnighter that time with the Meath game, it's something Derry have never done before. We, we just traditionally travel an hour and a half, to the Navan. But I think Rory wanted to get away early on the Saturday. Uh, they wanted to get the panel together because it was maybe one of the only chances they'd get after the Galway game and say, look, this is what happened. We'll refocus, reset our goals, all that sort of thing. And I think even picking them overnight, doing that is something that Rory obviously wanted to do. The county board we're going to back them too. We let them do that. You know, it was, that's what a weekend would cost. They got to £10,000, you know, the time he's taken 40 men away and took the bus. But I think it shows that the backing that they were getting from the county board level as well, and I think once we've already seen that, that the players were all, all bought into it from that moment on.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's ten grand? to you there, boys? boys? There's plenty of cash up in that county, let me tell you. Um, Frank, you know, Jared just telling the story there, interesting, you know, that type of bonding and bringing together very much... Uh, I suppose resonates with what stories you would have heard from from Jim and Rory's time with uh, Donny Gall. You know a lot of the same things being applied. A hungry team, you know, buying into a system like we, we've seen this before, and success is coming. It's, it's you know, there's so many uh, elements to this, like like Donny Gall of, of of eleven and twelve, et cetera.
5: Ah, oh, yeah, and it's new and it's fresh, and it's a galvanized county. You could see even supporters wise. You know, before throwing, like four or five flares light up on the far side on, on the hull. It just, it, it is almost like, you know, Derry were announced. We were, well, we were well
0: outnumbered, Frank. We were well yeah, so listen, much.
5: Not really, because we probably had that, you know, synergy between supporters and team 2011, 12, 13, 14. But I suppose, less than 10, do we say 10? Ulster finals in 12 years. It's probably, we've been spoiled, even though a lot, maybe as many of them hasn't gone away as they have. But I just was pretty surprised that after maybe the pandemic of two years and uh, supporters not getting out to those kind of big days, I thought, we'd be more seen and more vocal but uh, listen, I don't know, there was some red and white at her own from the minor game that stood on to and maybe the optics of that but Derry were noisy. You've seen how they spilled onto the field afterwards. It, it is very reminiscent of our kind of re-emergence 2011 and 12 and it's kind of concentrated and accelerated uh, improvement under Derry too and it, I talked to Rory afterwards myself and just it's the raw tools like it were there I suppose it was coming in kind of harness and all that putting it together and just even listening to some of the podcasts and the leading, like, um, you know, Tony Scullion, somebody I've heard a lot about, but I've never actually heard him speak or he's on a podcast and it's just done your heart good, you know, even though it, it was a Donegal's expense. Pride's back in dairy football for, you know, old combatants like that. They're old soldiers. Like it must have been a hard watch this last 20 years. I mean, we talked 19 years in 2011 and it felt like the end of a famine. You know, you have to go the whole way back to obviously 1998, Joe. Brawley's kiss of death in many ways for Donegal that day. Uh, Derry, you know, they're, they're a sleeping giant, but they're woke now and they, they have nothing to fear. You know, the war is their oyster now. I'm not going to say they've nothing to lose. It's already been a success. That would be the worst way to approach this. You know, take what's in front of you now. As we said, if Dublin and carrier are on the opposite side of all that there, this side of the draw is, is anybody's. And I know there's some big fish less woman there because of the Italian Cup and maybe you're not going to get a handy for you know quarter final with us Donegal or or you know an our boat we're gonna get something difficult too but I think the summer's opening up in front of Derry the momentum they have. You know the three teams that they that they've picked off on the way to Ulster, they like they're gonna be a handful for whatever comes away between now and the very end.
0: And and Frank, just finally to you in, in terms of a, a Donegal perspective, what in, in Donegal's next game now, you know, let's just say we, we, we underperform a bit and we limp out of the championship, surely that's going to leave, a, I suppose, a, a, lot, a lot of question marks about where we're at and what we're going to. Do you, do you think that no matter what happens in the next game, that we have to go and properly have a go and that, that people go and express themselves and go and try and win the game? Uh, regardless of what the outcome of that game would be, would you think it's going to take a, a big performance to to, I suppose, to bring Donegal supporters back on, on board after this defeat?
5: I spoke about this here yesterday to other people, and, and you know, it's going to be, you kind of emotionally check out when, when you come out of Ulster and you haven't got the Anglo Celt under your arm. Donegal historically have been sitting ducks, uh, you know, just don't do well in the way that maybe Tyrone and Mayo have been able to regroup in the past, maybe after, you know, not getting over the line in the province. And that's just because Ulster is so special and because it is so difficult. It's such a deflated environment right after that. There, I think it's going to be very, very hard for Gall to pick themselves up, um, regardless of what way they approach it. Brett, and it's just, it's just when you don't, when you aren't, your, you know, the kings of your province. I think if you're going to do anything outside it, you need to come out as champions and Donegal, you know, as far back as, you know, 2013 or, you know, those couple of seasons under Rory as well, when you don't win your provincial title, I think you're, you're almost just, the wheels are off at that stage. And even though you're still moving forward, you know, it is going to grind to a halt. And, and I, I, I I can't see Donegal lifting themselves off this year because it was just so disappointing. You see, you know,
0: we have a lot of talent there that maybe didn't play their best yeah, today. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're more or less saying because there is so much there that you're thinking, right, what inhabited that? And that's what we're teasing. Mm, them. But yeah, yeah, still, I mean, the effort, I suppose, that the guys put in and they're all putting in and, and what the manager put in, we can't forget the amount of time and, and effort they're putting in. They want to come and win the match.
5: John the Cunningham was chatting last week about Rory and Declan. He says he doesn't know how they do it. Like, it, it, must, it must invade every thought in your day, and uh, before you close your eyes at night, and first thing in the morning, you know our lads, you know they're held up on like on, under a big microscope, and they're amateur players. You know they're the ones that'll hurt most today. And as I said, evaluate it. You know, have the, as long as the criticism is constructive, I don't think they can complain. And but uh, I think there's a line to be
0: very careful you don't cross. For sure, grand top man, Jared, tell me now you that what's what's the plans this evening? You're, where's the where's the cup going to be?
2: Uh, well, i seen
4: last night the, t- the team was actually home before the club, the club bus I was on. on. we came home at half eleven and That's a surprise home at that point <laughs> uh, there was, Well, we are the children buses so we we're sort of playing sort of half sensible and there's children having to <laughs> get around the place but uh, so I was just chatting to Paddy there a while ago and Paddy he's obviously a teacher but I think he's maybe covering exam classes at the minute or study league so I'm planning to hook them up with him now in the next couple of hours and uh, I think we're going to head in around Mahara or Maracel maybe some of them towns where you know, there'll always be a bit of buzz. Now I never had the Monday Club we won a National League in 2008 and we had the Monday Club after that it was the only time i have really done it with the county and I'm sure that wherever the players are at you know they'll be enjoying themselves but I think there's a few of the older crew going to be up here now this evening and we'll just have a bit of crack and see where it goes
0: Yeah the older and more experienced crew I, I know you'll be good and sensible right, uh, and I Jared knowing you like I do
5: I think there's a
0: Tuesday yeah. club and a Wednesday yeah. club, Brent, as well. we yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm expecting it. I'm expecting. It. Listen, you know, you well deserved. You and Paddy were looking sharp in your shades yesterday. You're up representing, and listen, Derry for me, and and, and we've both said it there, Frank. The, the best team won, um, lads. Listen, thanks so much, for That was that was brilliant stuff from uh, former Derry star uh, Jerry O'Keean, and of course, Frank. The expert from Donegal News, Craig, lads, thanks for that. Right, now, folks, coming up next, we have Paul McDevitt and Jimmy Stafford uh, for the excellent Monday night sessions, and they might play some soothing music for us there to help with the pain.
2: The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Laddercanny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen.